compassion, the way Jesus had compassion. Jesus saw people in their need. Beyond the masks that were covering misery, he saw people in their need. And when I see someone who has uh, embraced a particular lifestyle like gossiping and slandering, and they've embraced that, I need to look beyond their fandom and I need to see them in their need and have compassion for them. Okay? We love to be cheerleaders for our team, but the question is, are we being, are we being like Jesus when people don't see the need to be part of our team? I worry sometimes, not much, I do worry sometimes, that the church has become so desirous of maintaining our own personal purities that we failed to have the compassion of Jesus for those who are just like we once were, weary and wandering like sheep having no shepherd. But we now sit in our own sanctimonious castle, untouched by the impurities forgiven by the righteousness of Christ, brought into the family of God, but we look at people who are embracing sin because they don't see any other option and we are standing against them, over and above them without any compassion. When Jesus saw the crowd weary and wondering, he was moved with compassion for them. Do we have a heart like Jesus? It's what a healthy heart looks like. Now, some of y'all are really wondering, is he gone woke again? Now, here he is. Is he gone woke again? Well, the reality is, I, I don't know what that means, but if it means what I think you think it means, I've never really been woke. I've just been biblical. Okay? So that's what you're asking, right? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I... If I had any kind of guts, I'd get up and leave right now, right? Okay, just hold on. Just hold on. I'm getting ready to make you happy. Okay, I'm getting ready to make you happy. All right, so a compassionate heart sees people in need. Second thing is a compassionate heart tells the truth and shows love. Okay? We tell the truth. You know, again, look at what Jesus was doing. Verse 35. And Jesus went through all the villages and towns. And what was he doing? He was teaching in the synagogues. Yeah, just break that down for you a second. I don't know exactly what he taught in the synagogues, but I know what he taught was different than what the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders taught. Because he was pointing people to himself. He was moving them beyond the religious rituals that they were trying to follow, the traditions of men that they were imbued with. And he was trying to help them see that there was a Messiah that had come to rescue them, to forgive their sin. Not that they could work their way out of sin's problem, but that Jesus was the answer to sin's problem by the very grace of God. Jesus came and he taught in the synagogues 
And he was preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. Good news. Hey, God's kingdom had come, and it's in the person of Jesus. And there is no life apart from him. And there is no hope apart from him. And all who are depending upon their religious rituals or their traditions or their lifestyles or their pleasures to bring them happiness and joy, they were missing and will missing out. And they will never find the life for which they are yearning to have. And Jesus came declaring the truth. All right. So in our compassion... We see people in their need. We've got to tell people the truth. Eric, the cowboys are bad. That's not true. I'm just giving you as an illustration of what if. You know what I'm saying? We've got to tell people the truth. We have to love people enough. And you've, this is an old, well-worn kind of little ditty that people use. Usually the people who say this are the people that are mean as a snake but want to say, I'm telling you the truth. But they say, it is the most unloving thing that you can do to embrace somebody without telling them the truth, to keep the truth from them. To watch them walk off a ledge and say nothing. That's unloving. That's not compassion. And Jesus showed compassion. He told the truth. He was telling the truth to religious people. You think that you're going to get to God because you're in a church? You've lost your ever-loving mind. He, he, he was telling the truth to people that were far from God. I mean, all kinds of prodigal type living. He said, you think that you're going to find satisfaction in your life because you're living this kind of lifestyle? You, you've lost your mind. It's not going to happen. And Jesus had compassion, enough compassion to tell the truth, even when that truth was uncomfortable. And we're supposed to do the same thing. That's what compassion looks like. We tell the truth. You might say, well, we live in such a different day. That was the first century AD. We're in the 21st century. Everything's different. How do we know what the truth is? The word of God is the word of truth that we need to share. And I get it. Talked with a person yesterday for an hour and a half. And they didn't buy it. I was told, this is what the Bible says. I don't believe the Bible. I know, but this is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. I don't believe the Bible. I know, but this is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. Look, I don't think the Bible is real. I said, you don't have to, but it's absolute truth. This is what the Bible says. Now, look, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is core conviction for us. The Bible is... The Bible, the Word of God, gives us the Word of truth. So when we come alongside people and we see them in their need, in the deepest yearnings of their life, we need to give them the truth about those yearnings, the truth about that need. That means we got to talk to them about sin. People get upset with me because I talk about lying more than I talk about homosexuality as a sin. They get mad at me. I I mean, people, you, you all, some of you in the room right now. You get upset. 
Can, can I humbly suggest that there are more liars in the room than there are homosexuals in the room? What's my job? My job is to tell the liars in the room the truth. It is a sin against God, and you're going to break every relationship that you have. It is going to cause fractures, and you are going to be dissatisfied with your life. You're going to be dissatisfied with your church. You're going to be dissatisfied in your family until you deal with that sin. Repent. Okay? Say the same thing about homosexuality. It's a sin. Everything I said about lying is true about homosexuality as well. It's same. Sin. What you want to do is you want to take somebody else's sin and met, let the preacher yell about that while you feel comfortable in your own sin. And that means I haven't told you the truth and I haven't shown compassion. I got to show compassion. It means I got to tell you the truth. The word of truth comes from the word of God and it's absolute. Amen. So when you encounter people around you at work or at school or in your neighborhood, you need to tell them the truth. But you've got to show them love. It's the same. It's the same, same point. You've got to show truth. You've got to show love. Look, you and I can have differing opinions about a lot of things. And even though you're a Washington Commanders football fan, and I'm a Dallas Cowboys football fan, I can still show you love when we beat you. <laughs> or a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Some of y'all are, or a New York Giants fan. I mean, no, no, let's not get crazy. <laughs> All right, look, I want to help you. No, I, we, we laugh about it because it's funny and it's fun, but also because we have a foundation of trust and love between us. You go on Twitter and say the same things I've said here People aren't going to laugh. They're going to ratio you. I mean, you're going to get slaughtered on social media. Why? Because there's not love and trust built. You know what we have a responsibility to do? Jesus not only preached, not only taught, taught in the synagogues and preached the, kingdom of, uh, the gospel of the kingdom, but he also healed people in every town of every disease. Come on! You know what we need to do? We need to show love to people in such a way. When we tell them the truth, we need to show them the love. I'm here with you. I'm on this journey with you. Let me, let's walk through it together. Well, one of the most beautiful things is how we as a church partner with wonderful uh, counseling groups in our uh, community and counselors in our seven cities. And we want people to find wholeness through those counseling encounters and entering into that, those environments. We, we, we believe that's helpful. In between worship gatherings, one of, our, um, uh, one of our staff was talking to one counselor that goes to our church, and I was talking to a different counselor that goes to our church. And can I tell you, I value them because they help me show love when I see people in their need. It's not just me standing up here using the Bible as a hammer saying, bad, bad, bad. It's me saying this is the truth, but also I'm going to be a missionary of hope 
in your life. I'm going to be a missionary of God's love in your life. I'm with you and I am for you, just like Jesus was for me when he died on a cross for my sin. I, I am for you. That's showing love. Telling the truth, absence of love, is a hollow thing. Compassionate heart tells the truth and shows love. And compassionate heart sees people in need, tells them the truth, uh, shows them love. Then the third thing is a compassionate heart prays and goes. This is the prayer Jesus did, okay? Um, Then Jesus said to his disciples, all right, so he sees the people in need. And as a result of seeing people in need, he turns to his disciples and he says, the harvest is plentiful in truth, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest, send out laborers into his harvest. He, it, it, although it seems, and you've heard uh, Matthew 9, 38 quoted often. But did you know it was connected to this section where Jesus had compassion on the people? Part of compassion, part of having a compassionate heart, if we're going to have a heart like Jesus, means we're going to pray as Jesus prayed, pray what Jesus tells us to pray, and we're going to go as Jesus went. They go hand in glove. When Jesus sees people weary and wandering like sheep having no shepherd, he says, let's pray. There's great power in prayer. It's what we do. We, we are intentional in our prayer as a church and as, as, uh, as, as followers of Christ. Uh, here's one thing that I, I failed to mention. I want to mention it now. Every, uh, every uh, week, I invite everyone in this room, members and guests alike, take one of those blue cards, turn it over, write down any prayer request. No prayer request is too small. No prayer request is too large. I want to see those prayer requests because every week um, I will be praying those prayer requests. I'll be praying over them personally and individually. I will pray. And I'm looking forward to the day when we get back to about 150 prayer cards that are turned in each week. That's what I'm looking forward to. We haven't gotten there yet. Don't, but I encourage you, before you leave today, get one of those blue cards, turn it over, blank side, put down whatever your prayer request is, put it in the offering box as you leave. And, and, and let me pray for you. We believe in the power of prayer. We're asking God for help. We believe in the power of prayer. Uh, here's why prayer is so important in, in, in terms of compassion. For me, um, I, I am, I'm not a, a naturally compassionate person. Um, if I, I have a granddaughter, her name is Nora. I know you know that already, Lucy. That's, that's great. <laughs> Lucy's tired of hearing it again. Uh, love you, sweetie. Uh, but if Nora is having a bad day, I see that because she's family. She is my, she's treasure in my life. And so I'm going to see that. I can see her in her need. Um, but I am not naturally connected in such a way that I'm going to see you in your need. In fact, that becomes a problem for me. I, I, I don't feel highs and I don't feel lows. I don't feel depths of emotion for people. I, I, that's a problem. That's not good. Um, it helps me make decisions because if you hate me, I'm okay with that because I don't feel. Some people call that a sociopath. I don't know. 
I, about, about eight to 10 years ago, my wife and I had gone away for a marriage, ret- marriage intensive. We do this uh, regularly. We try to get away uh, once a year, try to get away for a marriage intensive. Uh, it was just Edie and myself at this one, Edie, myself, and uh, another couple that uh, took us through that marriage intensive. We had three or four days, and it's, it, it's great. It's wonderful. I encourage every married couple, no matter how, uh, uh, how, how long you've been married, how briefly or how uh, extensively, I encourage you uh, at least once a year, take a few days, husband and wife, whether you go through a book or you uh, go to an intensive like we did, um, I encourage you to do it. It is absolutely essential for the health of my marriage, but it's also essential for the health of my heart. So we're at this marriage intensive and a marriage uh, boot camp sort of, and Edie and I are talking and the counselor comes in and, and we'd gone through this whole journey and, and uh, the, the husband counselor says, says, Eric, if this were to happen, gave a scenario, what would you feel? And I thought, oh, great, another feeling question. Well, what would you feel? And I told him, I, you know, I, I gave him the right response. He said, but would you really feel it? And I said, well, I know I'm supposed to feel it. And he said, exactly. You know you're supposed to feel it, but do you really feel it? And it really led to a revelation for Edie and me that um, I don't think that I feel everything that I should feel. I'm not talking about, you know, being a, a Hallmarkian uh, in my emotions, Hallmarkian is a new word, by the way. Y'all are write that down. Uh, it's, it's not that it's that I should feel what Jesus would feel. How about that? That I would feel what Jesus would feel. And, and so Edie and I began to pray. I began to pray. Oh, God, help me feel for every situation, for every person, feel what Jesus would feel. And if I'm not feeling it, get my attention. So I begin to see my need to feel it. So I began to pray that. God, help for me to feel what Jesus would. For my wife, for my children, for you all. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about you all. And, and uh, 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 the truth is, God has answered that prayer. I'm not more feeling because I'm a grandfa- grandfather, although that helps. I'm more feeling because God has answered that prayer and he's making me more Uh, to feel more like Jesus, feel more like Jesus. Now, maybe you need to pray that prayer. God, help for me to feel the way Jesus feels for people in their need. At the very least, you need to pray. Join me in praying what Jesus said to pray. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. Father, will you help me? to see people in their need. And when I see people in their need, will you help me to have the courage to tell them the truth? And when I have the courage to tell them the truth, will you help me to show them the love that you would show them? Simple prayer. God, help for me to see today, before I leave this place, help for me to see people in their need. Help for me to have the courage to tell them the truth, the truth of the gospel. Help for me to show them love, to share love with them. That's what compassionate people do. We pray. Uh, My journal is filled with prayer 
God, help for me to feel for others the way you feel for others. Help for me to have the courage today and every day. I pray every day, God, give me an opportunity to tell somebody the truth of the gospel. God, help for me to show love the way you've shown me love, the way you would show me love. You see, it is essential that we pray. It's essential that we go. That we go. See, the answer to the prayer is me. The answer to the prayer is you. Send laborers into the field of harvest. That's where, that's, that's, that's where we are right now. We're in the field of harvest. We're going to leave here. We're going to be scattered throughout the seven cities of Hampton Roads. Do you know the strength, the beauty, and the health of a church in the sight of God is not that we can seat hundreds or thousands, but the beauty and the health and the, and the uh, 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 strength of a church in the sight of God is how many of our people are going on mission as they leave the four walls of this place? Is that hundreds or is that thousands? See, the healthier my heart, the more compassionate I'm going to be. The more compassionate I'm going to be, the more I'm going to be intentional in going and representing the one who has given me life. Here's the question. You leave this place, are you praying, oh God, help for me to encounter someone today? Oh God, make me your missionary of hope. Uh, few weeks ago, my grandfather, uh, as you know, he passed away. He was 99 years old, had a great life. And uh, at the burial, we uh, had the interment at a place where my, uh, where my grandmother, his wife, is buried. Also, where my great-grandmother, uh, that, Granny Jenkins on my dad's side, uh, Granny Jenkins, that's the 90, she died when she was 94. She's a 94-year-old Garrett Sweet Suff Snuff dipping hillbilly from the hills of East Tennessee. That's Granny Jenkins, and I love her. Um, but uh, she's buried in this same uh, cemetery. After the interment, we kind of walked around, looked at different gravestones. Y'all know the gravestones, right? Every gravestone, there is a start and there is a stop. Every one. There's a start and there's a stop. Every person in this room has had the start. And I'm looking around, and every person right now in this room has yet to experience the stop. You're living in the dash. And my prayer for us is that we would see the dash between our start and our stop as more than an intermission before we get to heaven. My prayer is that you and I would see that dash between the start and the stop as the calling of God upon our lives to be his missionaries of hope in a world that is desperate because it's filled with people who are weary and wandering like sheep having no shepherd. So my question is, will you go with me? on mission into the fields of harvest. Let's bow our heads together.
Father, right now I'm thankful for every person here, and I pray, oh God, that you would, by your grace, draw to yourself each person here whom you are calling, that we might experience and know your great love in this moment. I pray that you would give us the courage and the faith to respond to you. If there's any person here who is far from you, separated from you by their sin, desperate to find life through faith in Jesus Christ, I pray that you give them courage uh, to call upon your name, the name of Jesus, to be saved. For all of us who are your followers in this room, I pray, oh God, that you would help us have a heart like Jesus, have a compassionate heart, now be glorified in this time of response. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.